you have to know what's going on with your money. Yeah. Whether or not you hire professionals to help you. The most successful people I know, and not just money or whatever, but just the most successful people are are confident but humble. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're yeah, yeah, confident yeah. enough to take action, but they're also very, very humble and open to learning more. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys are having a great weekend. I hope you guys killed it and whatever you did. And uh, if you haven't, reach out to me. You can uh, DM me on Twitter or email me. My email's on my website, daltonkjensen.com. Uh, and let's figure it out, man, because I really want to see everybody succeed. Uh, and a few housekeeping things. My new book is on pre-order, Sales Genius, How to Show Up and Win Every Deal. Uh, like I said, it's on pre-order. It's on Gumroad. You can grab that link in the description to this podcast. Uh, I am uh, this week going to put it on my website as well. So you guys can pre-order it there. Um, but it's called Sales Genius. So if you want to up your game, if you're a business owner or a freelancer, uh, if you need to generate your own income, then you need this book. So go check it out. Also sign up for the newsletter, daltonkjensen.com. And that's it, guys. I have an amazing guest for you today. Dave Lowell. Uh, is a certified financial planner. He helps millennials get a plan together with their finances. And it was absolutely wonderful to have him on. We met on LinkedIn. We have a lot of similar views on, uh, you know, nine to fives, on entrepreneurship, on money. Uh, so it was really refreshing to sit down and talk with him. And I think you guys will really enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, Dave Lowell. And if you guys loved this podcast, please share it with your friends. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. So I started the podcast in March of 2020. Uh-huh. And I found that uh, we're rolling, by the way. But I found that uh, a lot of business owners stopped, um, like during the pandemic, they stopped like advertising a lot. Uh, and I also found that business owners weren't like telling their story very well. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to give a space where, and it's funny because like people won't listen to a three minute radio commercial, but they'll listen to like an hour long podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. So it was very strange. So I was like, you know what? And I've always wanted to start one. So why not just interview business owners and creatives, help help people get their story out there. Um, and I haven't stopped, man. It's been great. It's awesome. I love yeah, it. Yeah, man. Uh, and I really appreciate you wanting to come on and talk to me. I, I saw you on, on LinkedIn. I think we actually connected on one of the, on one of the posts um, that I put out. Um, just about just, you know, I like to call people out every once in a while who yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw one of your posts. I was like, you know what? I like this. I like this guy. Connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the I like the contrarian like viewpoints. Um, I like I like just, you know, questioning things. And that's also kind of why I liked some of your stuff. But tell us just like give us your your story. Start from the beginning. Like tell us what you do and and uh, how you got here. Man, yeah. So I was, <clears throat> I had a whole other life before money. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, cool. Man. I was, uh, I was studying uh, Middle Eastern studies in Arabic. That was my major. Oh, wow. In college. And uh, I was loving it. We lived in Jordan for a bit. And uh, I was like, wow. hey, I'm going to work in the embassies, you know, 
be a diplomat or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> my last semester of college, I just, I can't remember what it was. It was like a series of events, but I just kind of realized like, wow, I don't know anything about money. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you like any, I didn't know what an IRA was. Oh, okay. Or a 401k. Like I yeah, 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 yeah. really had zero knowledge. And I was like, okay, well, I have pretty ambitious goals for my family and um, for our own success and wealth. And I better freaking learn how to do this. <laughs> and so I put all of my other, you know, international relations plans on hold. And I just got a job at Fidelity Investments. And I oh, got a wow. job there because number one, they have paid training. So they pay you while you're studying and getting licensed. And then they train you on all the ins and outs of investment and financial planning so that you can help, you know, their customers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go do that for a while. I'll learn whatever I need to learn. It was almost like a paid apprenticeship is the way I viewed it. And then when I feel like I've learned what I need to learn, then I'll go off and do my other thing. Right. And something crazy happened during that process is number one, I found so much empowerment by educating myself. Yeah. And it opened up a whole new world to me. And number two, I liked it. I was like, I actually kind of, this is fun. Yeah. (laughs) I dig it. And then number three, I realized there are a ton of people out there that have no idea, just like me, have no idea anything about money or financial planning. Yeah. Let let me ask you a question. Shoot. I get that a lot. So I've interviewed a few people who are, who, who are creating financial literacy apps. I have people in the education space. This is like the number one thing is personal finance. What's the deal? Why do you think people don't know? Do you think it's like a, and we've talked about some of the big things in the past, but I just want to get like your fresh view. Like, do you think it's like an, like a public school system issue? Do you think it's like a, an apathy issue? Like, what are you thinking? So there's a couple of things at play in my mind. Like number one, there's some big, broader, like macro issues, you know, back previous generations, you would just go get a job for a company and they would give you a pension. Yeah. Yes. You yep. work with them for 40 years. And then you'd stop working and they would continue to pay you through a pension. Right. And so life was pretty simple. I mean, as simple as it can get financially. But as there's like a proliferation of financial products and financial opportunities and different ways to do things, all of a sudden pensions are gone because they're really bad for a company's balance sheet. And we have to save for ourselves, right? And so there's like a whole trend of, they didn't even ever have to think about it. And yeah. now yeah. if we don't think about it, we're in big trouble. So th- I think that's like one big broad issue that is new. Like, like, like no one's ever had to like think about it. So now it's kind of on us, like the new generation to actually like, Oh, sh- I got to figure this out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Okay. And then the other issue is, you know, where do we learn anything about life? And it's in the home. Yeah. And the, the thing about money is, it is so intertwined with our emotions and our psychology that it's really uncomfortable to talk about. Like there's research out there. People would rather talk about their sex lives with a stranger than talk about their money. Yeah, it is. It is like taboo. It's taboo. With like, yeah. Like how's money doing? Everybody's fine with money. It doesn't yeah, it's matter. Like, oh yeah, good. Like no problems. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're successful or whatever. Right. So parents have their own issues that they grew up with. They're on the subconscious level. They don't realize them, but then they're teaching directly or indirectly their kids. Some things that are probably not great. And they don't know a whole lot themselves, like as far as the nuts and bolts, but then 
you mix in like psychology and kind of messed up beliefs about money and you just, mm-hmm. it's intergenerational. Like it just carries on. Yeah. So we have a, a ton of things out there, lack of knowledge and a lack of awareness about how we deal with money emotionally. And th- those kind of all just are imploding right now. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm also taking notes, by the way, because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> um, but I like, no, that makes a lot of sense. And that that's kind of like what I'm hearing, dude, you know, is we were never taught it, whether it was in the education system or not. Um, and life has really changed. Like, yeah, like pensions don't really exist anymore. And I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. Um, and we only talked about pensions for a minute. And that was because of what you were just saying that like, they're not really like if a company wants to offer anything, yeah, they're not relevant. I mean, the, yeah, the closest thing you would, you would offer is like a 401k at now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and most companies don't even match 401ks. They just, yeah, we set it up. Yeah, it's kind of up to you. You're just like, okay, like take care of yourself in 40 years. Like we hope you make the right decisions. Good luck. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, So uh, that's interesting that you went from, and you know what's funny about about this conversation is this happens to me all the time where people end up in what they love and and start doing what they love and they never thought about it before. So like you were going to be in international relations, like you were going to be in politics, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Dang, it's, man. it's, it's so interesting. I, I see that trend. Like there's yeah. obviously, um, you know, follow your passion. Right. Like, we hear from some crowds and other crowds are like, that's the dumbest idea ever. Sure. And, and I think there is a lot of truth to, to following your passion. The thing is like, when you're so young, you don't have any experience, you don't have exposure to things. It's really hard to really know what you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I found like languages, I love languages. Like I've learned multiple of them. I love them. I always will. Um, yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm going to create a business out of it or like a (laughs) profession necessarily. It doesn't have to. Sure. Uh, Yeah. I I get what you're saying. But I found that as I have, I found like money clicked for me. I understood the principles behind everything. And I found that as I became good at that, I became passionate about it. Yeah. And so now I really enjoyed I do, but it's because I found that thing that I kind of clicked with. I think once you get really good at something, you actually enjoy doing it. Maybe that's yeah. just me. Yeah, that's a good point, though. No, that's a good point. You you get really good at it. Um, you start wanting you start wanting to show other people that mm-hmm. that they can be good at it because one of the things I really believe is is not as hard as everybody thinks it is. What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sauced Up Salsa. And sauced up salsa with so many different flavors to choose from. When you add in their homemade chips, they're perfect for family nights, day nights, and really anytime you need chips and salsa. The best part, I know the owner personally, and he puts all of his heart and soul into every recipe they put out. Their locally sourced ingredients are fire roasted to perfection every time, making it the best salsa you'll have in your life. So with the best salsa out there, what are you waiting for? Go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com, and when you sign up for their newsletter, you'll get 10% off your order. So go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. You know sure. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, and, and I guess that's the thing, right? Find something you're good at, double down on it, keep going. And, and like, another one of my things is, like, don't be afraid to, like, move on. Mm-hmm. I think we romanticize, like, and I think one of the reasons is because of what you mentioned earlier, like, our parents worked at the same 
job for 40 years, got the gold watch and then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you for sure. I mean? For sure. I mean, like that was real. Like that was real. I and it was important. In, yeah. And it was important. And I grew up yeah. in the Midwest. Like factories did that, man. You got a Rolex at the end of it and you just, you know, That's right. Here's your thank you. Di- you. Yeah, yeah. You died with it, dude. <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was yeah. meaningful. And yeah. for those, all those generations, like it's not like there were other options available. That's true. Yeah, it's very true. Like now we have more opportunities than we can think of. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that's, there's pros and cons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that can get you all, that can get you all caught up. But, but um, yeah, anyway, continue with your story though. I know we kind of got sidetracked on that, but like, so what, so you start working at Fidelity, what happens next? So I, yeah, so pretty quickly I was like, I like this. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I was just, a, I was just a sponge. Like I was just absorbing everything I possibly could. And I talked to people that had worked there for a long time and different yeah. positions, like just trying to understand like the whole world that was out there. And I just soaked it all up. And, and so part of what I did is I said, well, I want to become really good at this. And so yeah. I just, I set my aims high and I was like, okay, this is, I want to be helping people one-on-one. Those were coincidentally the highest paid positions and I got promoted four times in a year and I tripled my salary you know I, I tripled oh, great, my earnings dude. <laughs> because I just like I loved it yeah I think that's key honestly for anything you're doing and and I think the post that we connected on was I want to say you're you're kind of talking about doing the side hustle and like kind of splitting your time and focusing on other things when oh. really maybe you should be focusing on your nine to five more. Yeah. 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 Cause I hate people who, who try to get people to get rid of like their nine to five, dude. I, yeah. Yeah. Bugs. It bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. So, so like <laughs> I, I saw my nine to five, like if you hate what you do, then go find a different nine to five. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. I found that that was the best opportunity for me to get paid and learn. Yeah. And, and when I had kind of capped out there and I kind of realized like, okay, I've hit my max here of like how much I can grow and I need another opportunity. Then I was okay to leave. Yeah. But, but I, I really am thankful for my time there. Even though I was on the phone, it was a call center, right? I was on the phone. Yeah. 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 Fidelity. Your yeah. desk, all that stuff. But I was grateful for it because of everything that I learned, like the opportunities in the world that opened up to me. And so when I yeah. saw another opportunity, I had somebody reach out and say, Hey, we want you to come work with our firm. Yeah. We're growing. We need financial planning in there. I was, I was working on my CFP already, uh, certified financial planner. And, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, cool. New opportunity, like a different angle on learning all of these things, probably in a much more intimate detailed way for specific individuals. Yeah. And so I just, I went there and, and did that for a couple of years, but it's just like, it just kind of step-by-step step progressed to where yeah. I was getting the experience that was valuable for other people and where yeah, I felt and like you, I was progressing, you know? Yeah. And you got somebody who, who paid for it. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I posted that was because people get, you know, I got to listen to, um, so-and-so influencer, so-and-so, whatever, like my <laughs> nine to five is killing me. And I'm like, but it's really, but it probably isn't. And you're probably just not looking at it. Like at the end of that, post i put that every everybody most businesses that i i've worked for have had training program like a training budget like oh yeah specifically set aside and it might not be huge 
so, you know, but I've worked out deals where they've paid for it. I've worked out deals where they split it with me. Mm-hmm. I worked out deals where, you know, they, they, they gave me something, you know, <laughs> but fidelity. I mean, they, they, they pay they for everything for all of my CFP expenses, dude, that's incredible. And they would, they would yeah. help pay for people's bachelors or, or like an MBA if they want to go back and get an MBA. Wow. Dude. They would like, they had, they were very generous as far as like progressing. And if you want to get additional licenses, whatever direction you want to go, you just yeah, talk they to would them. Help, yeah, they would help you pay for it. That's like, why wouldn't you going to get the opportunity? Like that environment yeah, and the, the experience and the knowledge that's there with so many people that are so smart and yeah. know so much more than you do. Like, why would you not just use that to your advantage? Like we talk about exactly. leverage in a lot exactly. of other ways, like investing. Why would you not leverage the people around you in your nine to five? <laughs> to like really boost the value that you can provide in the future. Yeah. Oh, no question. And that's kind of why I wanted to, that's kind of like my thing is like, I just like to go against that because there's a difference. So like for me too, like there's a difference between like business finances and personal finances, right? Like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you're going to listen to somebody, you're going to listen, I call them like fake finance gurus and you're going to listen to somebody who tells you, one thing and it's like yeah but that might and that might work in a business like that might be what you have to do in a business but yeah personally that might not be what you should do and so it's all i'm trying to do is get people to like that's part of the name of the podcast is like just open up your mind a little bit just like real think about it for two seconds and you'll probably get the answer you know what i'm saying yeah it really is like there's just there's so many trendy things yeah follow your passion or quit the nine to five and all of those ideas are like fine yeah, they're not bad. No, it's no. not like they're bad. It's just that, I, I like you said, there's so many opportunities we get confused. Yeah, and, and it yeah, really yeah, is yeah. like we're just we're just like blown from side to side by whatever wind <laughs> of trend comes by. You know, it's just like, oh, maybe I'll try this for a week. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to try that. And it's like you yeah. never make any traction when you do that. Yeah, like you've got to you've got to just blind everything else out, focus on what you're doing. And then just like lift your head up after a while and be like, okay, am I still on track? <laughs> am I still learning? Do I need to go a different direction? No. Okay. Like put your head back down and just sure work. Sure. No, I really, I really like that. And, and it's refreshing to have a conversation like that. So let me ask you, what are some of the beliefs about money that you want people to have or change? Or what are some views about money that you think that you think are important to people? You know, it's interesting because they're, I've when I was at that firm, okay, I was working with mainly retirees or people getting ready to retire. And we could create a financial plan that was amazing. Okay. The recommendations, like the outcomes were fantastic. And the clients sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes they would not implement the recommendations. (laughs) And after a while, I was like, okay that doesn't make any sense to me. Like what is going on? Like the math, the numbers, like look at it. And what I realized, that's when I kind of thought like, you know what, there's something else here. There's a gap between like what we know we should do and then actually doing it. It applies to anything, not just finances. Yeah. But that's where I started really diving into all the research around financial psychology. And what I found is usually we're holding ourselves back in a number of ways. And, and there's four main money scripts that have kind of been identified as, as the predominant drivers of our behaviors and financial mm-hmm. outcomes. 
Mm-hmm. So we have, um, I'm going to forget one now that I'm on the spot, but <laughs> there's money status. Okay. So that's like where your self, your net worth equals your self-worth. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you want to put on this image. So people think more of like better of you, like, Hey, if you drive, have a nicer watch or drive a better car or whatever, then people perceive you as being at a certain status. And that's like, that's what drives you. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Um, there's, um, there's money avoidance, okay. which is, you don't really know and you don't want to talk about it. So you just like sweep it under the rug and hope it all works out, but you don't want to have discussions, brings up a ton of anxiety, ton of stress. You just rather not go there. So you <laughs> just like blind yourself to the problems. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's money worship, which is essentially that money will solve all of your problems. And so okay, all of that's your fair. decisions, all of your actions are driven by getting more money because that's, what's going to make you happy. Okay. And then the last one is money vigilance, which is actually like probably the most positive one. And it's where you are hypersensitive and hypervigilant about where your money goes. So these are people that save and don't spend. Right. So it's sure. a pretty good trait to have at some point it can hold you back from like enjoying sure. money, <laughs> yeah. but it's a, it's a nice thing to start with because you feel like you need to be saving rather than spending all the time. It's like right. the, first of the others. So those right. are like the four main money scripts and everybody kind of falls into one or a little bit in each of those categories. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. So that's kind of how, that's kind of like how you, you try to figure out what someone's money script is and then you kind of work from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause any money, any plan. Okay. I'm not claiming to be brilliant <laughs> sure. at financial planning. I, I think you. I'm pretty good at it, but I could put together the most brilliant financial plan for somebody. Sure. And if they don't implement it, it is worthless. Yeah. And so the best financial advice that I could possibly give is the financial advice that any particular person or couple are going to implement consistently long-term. Oh yeah. Just be consistent. (laughs) Yeah. And so that might not be the mathematically correct choice. Like mathematically might not provide the best outcome. Yeah. But you're going to do it. They're going to do it. (laughs) And something's better than nothing. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like if somebody spends a ton, like they're, they spend a ton on credit cards. I will tell them, to stop spending, right? And we work and we focus on that area where we can really understand their values, why they spend on what they do, and they can identify and become aware of, hey, I'm spent, I'm wasting money. Like I'm buying things I don't care about. Yeah. And it can yeah. help curb their spending and divert that into savings. On the flip side, there are people that never spend any money. <laughs> and I have to twist their arm to go spend money. I'm like, yeah. okay, I want you to go buy something frivolous this week. Interesting. You have to get out of this like doomsday kind of scenario where you can only (laughs) save, like go get a massage or just go buy something random and and feel the joy in buying that thing. You know, so it, it, depending on what, where they're at mentally, the, the advice and kind of the approach definitely changes. Yeah. I like what you said, man. I like what you said about having, excuse me, 
you said the best advice you could give to somebody is whatever they'll stick with long term. <laughs> that's it's so crazy. You learn these little things that you're like, yeah, that's obvious, right? Like, obviously, that's what you'd want. But you don't think about it like that. Like, you don't think about it like. Uh, you, you get these amazing nuggets. You're like, it's so simple, but I never would have ever thought about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's what, perfect. You know, it's like you with the podcast, right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You could go and you could spend months researching what the best mic is, right? Yeah. What the best lighting is, what the best setup, like the best platform, on and on and on. Yeah. And never do anything. Yeah. Or you could go by, <laughs> you could yeah. literally just start on Zoom and just hit right. record and then you're done. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's a way better outcome than the other way. For sure. And, and that's, that's actually exactly what happened. You know, I had at first I had like a little, I found a mic on, on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, so the, there's this mic on Facebook. Um, I know my buddy's gonna, he'll join me on a podcast and, uh, and then I'm just going to do it in my kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and now, you know, and then we, and then it just grows and evolves and you get better. And, and now and now it's something like this and, and one day it might be different. And, but it, yeah, just start dude. just do something, mm-hmm. you know, and how, how many, you know, even if you do create like a really complicated strategy, this goes for anything, right? Yeah. Let's just use podcasting. You come yeah. up with a really, a really involved strategy and like everything, you know, everything you're going to do, right. but it's too much. And then you record like five episodes and then you burn out like, you know, 90% of the podcasts that are, that are out there. Right. Yeah. I for think sure. There's like an average of like less than 10 episodes that they've ever recorded. Well, and yeah, not, and not only that, but it's funny, like they'll just like, most people just stop. They right. just like quit. Yeah. You know, like, so there's like, there's like millions of podcasts out there, but there's actually only like, like 5% or 10% of podcasts that actually put something out weekly. Yeah. They're like, or consistently going. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Cause some people do it monthly. Um, and that's the other thing you just got to like find a cadence, find a flow that works for you and just, and then boom, you can maintain, right? Yeah. And you just keep going and you just one after the other. And, Mm -hmm. and you don't really like, I personally don't, I know that, and this is going to sound weird and this is a post that's coming like on Twitter and, and LinkedIn, but like, I personally don't have like, like I have an idea of where I want to go, but it's like, it's kind of vague and I don't really know, but I know that if I work every day at, at being consistent and I do the right things every day, that eventually when, when an opportunity comes or when I see something like I'll know, mm-hmm. but more importantly, like I'll be prepared. And that's the thing with money that people like, you know, unless that, you know, you know, what in any four of these, it's like, you want to be prepared for something that is coming yeah like whatever that is right like Mm -hmm. like for me it would be like i would want i want to my my vision of like wealth or like you know my my idea of like enough money is like if i saw a cruise or if i saw a flight and i'm like wow that's a really good deal like like we should just go yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's a good like we have the money we didn't really necessarily think that like this hundred dollar flight, like round trip flight to San Francisco would be it, but it is. And we're prepared. So let's mm-hmm. rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. I love that. Especially, <laughs> you know, as, as you know, at our age, right. When you're young, like 
there are so many kind of milestones that you're going through, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, I graduated college. I got my first job. Okay. Like right. you've got to, you've got to plan around that, but then you also have to look forward and say, Hey, what about when I get my new job and a promotion? Or what if I want to buy a house? Or what if I want to start a yeah. family? Or I want to help provide for my kids' education or on and on and on. Like there's so many things. Maybe I want to start a business, which yeah. is totally cool. Right. Or yeah. Maybe I want to invest in real estate instead of just stocks. And there's so many decisions and like big transition points that if you build a plan, like to your point, if you build a plan that kind of sets you up to be successful in each of those life transitions, it it just reduces the friction and it just gives you so much confidence. Like, oh yeah, like I already know what's coming and I'm prepared for it. And yeah, yeah, it's done. Great. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what that's kind of what I think about. That's kind of how I view money is like, I don't really know what's going to happen. I know that these things could happen, right? I know that there's, but that's the thing is like, I know something is there, but I might not know exactly what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about my kids and college and stuff. And I was talking to, and my kids are young, you know, I have a one year old, or excuse me, I have a a three year old and a five year old, right? And so we're talking about like investing. I'm talking with my guy and and I'm like, Hey, what do you think we should do here? What do you think we should do here? And he's like, well, yeah, we could do this. And in 20 years, if they go to college and I, I stopped him and I was like, hold on, dude. I totally didn't realize that you're talking like 20 years. College might not even be a thing in 20. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't see it going anywhere, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like traditional, the way, the traditional way we think about college might not even be, even close to what it is today. <laughs> so, but yeah. that can change how you invest, right? Totally. Yeah, like a, like a five twenty nine, which is you know college savings plan. It's yeah, the qualified yeah. expenses. It's pretty narrow. Like you yeah. can use it yeah. for a, a two year institution or a four year. You yeah. can use it for some trade schools, and then like that's pretty much it. But what if somebody wants to go to a coding boot camp? or something, right? Right, right. Or just get like these additional certifications like Amazon's doing now or in, and Google where you just like go get certified in that thing and then do that job, right? They're like yeah. six-month designation. And it's like, okay, it well, really now we can't use that money for it. Yeah, so yeah you got to factor it in like, okay, maybe they'll go to a traditional college. We don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe they don't. So maybe we need to like put some there, but also some somewhere else. Yeah where they can use it, you know, with full autonomy. So yeah, there's, but that, yeah, but that's there's a so lot of crazy. things looking forward that, <laughs> that it's like, and, and what I found when I worked with older people is most people, you just, you're confronted with a decision. Most people are smart. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. believe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I agree with you. I think and I most think, people are yeah. pretty smart. They make pretty yeah. good decisions generally. And, yeah. and so a decision comes up and they weigh all the options and they make the best decision they can. Right. A couple of years right. later, another decision pops up. They make the best decision they can. And what I learned working with people that were in their 60s and 70s is I would look across their lifetime of financial decisions and I would not yeah. see a lot of bad decisions. I would see good decisions that were not coordinated in any way whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> and so it's like a hodgepodge of things that didn't really get them into any certain direction. Like they were all okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with any one of them, but they just weren't coordinated. And when you, when you think ahead and you coordinate those decisions, all of a sudden, like 
the progress that you make in that direction is astounding. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's, and that's, uh, I, I like what you said about that. It's just like, I really like that belief that like, especially when you go in from like a salesperson's point of view, like people are smart. Like, I think that was like the biggest thing that I changed with like sales uh, in my life was like, okay, I'm going to stop like thinking that these people don't know what's going on. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, dude, you're totally right. You know? And, uh, and my sales tripled after that. It's crazy because, because it was just like, yeah, you just treat people like, I don't know, human beings. Yeah. Yeah. People are not, <laughs> so like, like not ignorant. That, yeah. they want to make good decisions. <laughs> and, and yeah, just sometimes you just don't know how Yeah, you just, well, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And especially with sales, like I, I look at salespeople, right. And yeah. I work with a lot of them as clients yeah. and they feel a lot, a lot of times they feel some shame or embarrassment that they're not doing all the right things with their money, like management wise. Yeah. And it's like, you should not feel bad about that because <laughs> you're really good at making money. Like right. you've honed your <laughs> skills. Yeah. You've honed a lot of skills to be able to be very successful in your career and make a lot of money. And that was the right thing for you to do. Yeah. You know, like you can't be an expert in everything. So you right. did what you're supposed to do. You're an expert. You made a lot of income. And now it's like, okay, you have a problem. Then you go address that, whether you learn it by yourself, which could take time or whatever, but yeah. anybody can do what they want to do, or you have somebody come in and help. And like with sales, how many times have you right gotten coaching? For sales. Yeah, all the time. Right. Or invested in a program yeah. to help you hone your skills because you know there's going to be an ROI off of that. Yeah. Same thing on the management side. But people feel like this embarrassment and shame. Like, I, I feel like I'm a smart person. Like, I have an MBA. I feel like I should know what to do with my money. Yeah. And it's like, okay, shh, we got to dismiss that right now. Like, you are smart. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. It's just you haven't gotten to that step now. And now you are. And now let's address it. Yeah. There's yeah. No, there's no room for shame or embarrassment about that stuff. <laughs> well, I like that because it's a real thing and you know, people think, and I think it goes back to like, you were talking about like that money status thing. People have like a, like an, a knowledge status thing, right? Like I, I know everything, right. I'm supposed to know this. And it's like, dude, like homie, no, you're not like, that's why there's a board on public companies. That's why there's right. a CEO, a CFO and a COO. Cause you just stay in your lane, homie. And you, and you make, so that's one of my, that's one of the things I love is like, and one of the things I, I, I tell people a lot is like, dude, you got to get a good team. Like mm. you need a good, you need a good accountant guy. You need a good finance guy. Mm -hmm. You know, you need a good, whatever, you know what I mean? And then it's okay. And just be like, Hey, you know what? I, this is, you're on my team. If I trust you, like take care of it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, you, you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Well, and I think I go a little bit further than that in the sense that I think you should know the basics, right? Mm -hmm. To have like an educated conversation with your financial planner. So like if you and I were going to have a conversation and this was what happened with, you know, when I was with my guy, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't really know, dude. Like, you know, I knew enough to, to give him the picture of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then he was like, he was like, actually, what you're saying is this. And actually what we need to do is this, but he, but I knew enough to like paint it. So I think you got to know enough going in there to have an educated conversation, tell, tell somebody what you want. Mm -hmm. um, but then after that, like, let it go, you know? Yeah. You don't need to become the expert. Right. Exactly. You just, yeah. you know, 
And, and that's all I say to people is like, you don't need to become an expert. Just know, just know the basics, like enough to have a, like a conversation or, or be self-aware enough mm. to go into a, to go into, you know, have a conversation with you, Dave, and be like, Hey, I don't really know what's going on. So let me tell And then like, be, be comfortable enough and self-aware enough and find somebody good enough to like teach you and learn and ask mm-hmm. questions, you know, so that you can kind of get a good idea. What's going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, so there were one of the clients I worked with, one of the wealthiest clients I ever worked with. All right, extremely cool. Extremely smart. Yeah. Okay. Like very intelligent. He was the founder <laughs> and CEO of a very large and successful private company here in the <laughs> Valley. Okay. Like he knows what to do. Yeah. And it's, I was intimidated, you know, like meeting. Of course. Him, right. Of course. But the, the amazing thing was, and I learned this from my other wealthy client. He was the wealthiest I, I really worked with in depth. But the thing that amazed me was he was all ears. Oh. Like he approached the conversation with us with so much humility and like willingness to learn. And he knew a lot, but he didn't need to prove that to us, like for his ego. Sure. He, he, knew, he knew a lot but he would be very open and he'd ask really insightful questions so that he could understand and then make the best decision for himself. And mm. the wealthiest clients did that. They, they did not blindly delegate their finances. Right. Right. And, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm strongly against that. Like you have to know what's going on with your money, yeah. whether or not you hire professionals to help you, you have to know what's going on at least to an extent, just like you were saying, yeah. because ultimately you're in, like, you're the CEO of your finances. And if you're not paying attention, then what the heck are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, I like that story about the, one of the wealthiest clients who just like, you know, who was humble enough and that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about. Just being humble enough to be like, Hey, look, dude, I don't really know what's going on. I know what I should be doing. I know what I want to do. So let's, let's figure this out. Yeah. Because, uh, you get for, I just, you know, obviously you get further that way. You get further when you, when you approach a relationship with like, um, you know, humility and wanting to learn and stuff like that. And I feel like, and you know, money, money flows, you know what I mean? Money has its own economy. And so like knowing what that is and, and knowing how money works, like very important. Um, and there's people out there who know more than you. So that's cool. Yeah. Like my, my favorite philosophy in life is I don't have to be right. I have to get it right. I love that. That's cool. <laughs> you know, what, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, totally. I don't have to be right, dude. I just got to get it right. And so, mm-hmm. so if it's not me, it's someone else, you know, but if I, yeah. And but that's cool. To, like yeah. either way we'll get it right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't care. Like, either way I, don't I care, win. Dude. <laughs> right. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Who the, cares? the most, the most successful people I know and not just money or whatever, but just the most successful people are, are confident but humble. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're yeah, confident yeah, yeah. enough to take action, but they're also very, very humble and open to learning more. And it's right. like this, it's, it's almost like a paradox to have both, but it's just true. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I think there's, I think people get like, you know, confidence and like arrogance confused. Yeah. Just like, I think people get like, complacent and content confused yeah for sure 
You know what I'm I saying? Just, I just, yeah, I just commented on somebody's post like a, a week ago. <laughs> They're like, contentment's bad. I'm like, no, contentment's really good. Complacency's yeah. bad. Like Complacency is bad. Like, yeah, the word you were looking for is complacent. Yeah, words content. matter. Words matter <laughs> yeah, a do. lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if you're complacent, that means you're okay with the status quo. Mm-hmm. And if the status quo isn't, you know, and that's not good. But if you're content, like, because you should be, you should be happy. You know, you can find peace in the moment. You can mm-hmm. be happy in the moment, knowing that every regardless, day I'm working towards my goal. Regardless of the outside circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And knowing right. that every day I'm working towards a goal, mm-hmm. exactly. but I'm content with where I am at, where, where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because I'm, because I'm not a time traveler. And I can't project myself into the future. And by the way, even if you could project yourself into the future, you haven't done the work to earn it. So yeah. It's not going to mean anything. It's anyway. not going to mean anything. It's not going to be fulfilling. <laughs> I, I find that in sales, especially because it's so goal oriented, right? Like yeah. Yeah. you've got your quotas and you've got like your OTE and you're just, you're just driving constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're so goal oriented like that, and it's just so much a part of your life, like it has mm-hmm. been for mine. Yeah. It's so easy to place happiness and success like on the other side of that goal. Right. Dude. And and not and be so restless now <laughs> that it's like once I get there, then everything will be fine. Yeah. And we all know that's never gonna happen. Right. Like the goalpost will move. And then you just <laughs> live a life of like maybe high achievement, but zero fulfillment or contentment. Yeah. Like, that sounds awful. Yeah. And just being like peaceful. Yeah, man. So I've sold everything. Um, my first job was in automotive sales uh-huh. and that was like, you know, and, and I guess the job I have is right now, but like most sales, like 90% of sales, except unless you're in like the finance industry where you can yeah. have like residual income. Yeah. Sure. Um, but other than that, it's, it's exactly what you said. Like at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, it, we we start over and you live at zero. And by the way, and none of and none of what happened in the past matters. You're only mm-hmm. as good as your next sale. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it, to the company. And and that's why back to your point, why it's so important to f- to be content, to be like, you know what, I'm working every day. I'm focusing on what I control. Um I find peace in that I did my job today. And I might not have gone the way I wanted it to, but I know that if I do the same things every day, I do what makes me successful every day. Yep. Uh, it'll be fine, dude. It'll work out. That's right. And, yeah. yeah. And you because don't you, need, and you don't need like that extra hundred K of commission to like feel happy about your life. Right. Right. I can be happy with or without it. And by the way, happy I think right once, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, it's the, it's that, it's the paradox of control. Like once you let it go, the, yeah. Once you let it go, the more, the more comes in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the more you have, like the, the more you let go, the more you get. So like the more I don't, the more I don't chase a hundred K, the more likely it is to come to me. And I think that's super important. Yeah. So it's the same with money. It's the same. Like if you think about financial planning and the future, right. Previous generations, like I'll work till 60 or 65 and then I'll stop working and I'll rest like that. That's my, like the light (laughs) at the end of the tunnel. And so you're putting off that, that traditional way of thinking about it again for previous generations. I don't fault them at all. That's just that's just the hand they were dealt and they did what they could. Yeah. Nowadays we have an option and it's like, okay, well you could sacrifice all living now. <laughs> I, I get this with the fire movement. I mean, okay. Are you familiar with the fire movement? No, I'm not. But financial independence retire early. There's like a ton of blogs out there, but 
a lot of them talk about extreme frugality. Like I'm going to live on 20,000 a year and save a hundred thousand a year and I'll be able to retire in two years. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. They have all their calculators. <laughs> it's all about retiring literally as early as possible, usually with extreme frugality. Okay. And I just don't like it. Yeah. It I doesn't make it. I don't like that idea. It's either. such a scarcity mindset, but it's like create something, create a life and a balance with your money where you're not just looking forward to a certain point where finally you can enjoy your money and be happy. It's like, enjoy it and be happy now. And also know that you're preparing for the future. Yeah. I like that. So it can be tricky to attain, but it's so worth it. Like the emotional baggage you take off your shoulders when you know, okay, I'm doing what I need for my future. And like, we're still going on cool vacations now and I can still get the car I want. Cause it all, all works. Like I'm taking care of my future. It's just, it's amazing how freeing that is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Um, Hey, you, you don't have to answer this question or, or I'm just curious. Cause you've, we've been seeing a lot about, we've been seeing a lot about this social security thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what are you thinking about that, dude? What, what's your thoughts on it, man? Like what the fun's going to run out. Yeah, dude. Isn't that bananas, bro? I mean, (laughs) that's great. Well, I mean, it's the the government. Yeah. It's been written in the stars for a couple decades. Like this is, it's not super surprising. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, it is, it is for people who didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, wait, I don't have social security to rely on. And if, if you're relying on social security, you know, it, it it likely is not going to really matter for those of, a certain age and above. Okay. Like, I think, I think ultimately the way they resolve this is, um, reduced benefits in the future. Yeah. Um, and so, but I think there'll always be some form of it around. It just might change shape, but I think there's always going to be some benefit. Like for us, there'll be something, even if it's maybe quite a bit less than what people are counting on today. Yeah. And so people that are getting ready to retire and stuff, I I honestly don't think they have a whole lot to worry about. Like, I think they're going to be taken care of. Yeah, they'll be fine. But like people who are further back. But it puts the onus on us. Like, I don't count on Social Security. Right. Well, I don't think you I don't think you should. Yeah. Like, like I don't factor it in like, OK, I'll have Social Security income and then I only need to make up this much. It's like, no, yeah, I'm going to provide for myself. And whatever's there is there. Yeah. great. And it's gravy, by the way. And it's just gravy, gravy. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation. So. In my so this is this was just a personal decision that we made that was right that felt right for our family. So I we refinanced our house and I paid off all my student loans mm-hmm. um, with with this crazy economy, dude, yeah. <laughs> with this yeah. housing market. So I was like, you know what, that's great. Student loans are bad, only because like the federally insured student loans are just terrible. They don't look good on anything. Yeah. So I was like, we're just gonna get it off. We're gonna refinance the house. We're gonna. We're going to move the equity over there and, and get rid of those. Yeah, and, yeah. and I have, had a friend come over and he was like, dude, the government's going to pay him like Biden's in, dude. He's going to pay it out. And I was like, no, there's no way. And if you think I'm, you think, if you think I'm going to wait for the government to take care of me, you're higher than a kite, bro. Because there's no such thing as no strings attached with the U S government, man. Yep. It's always <laughs> just kicking it further down the road, honestly, kicking the can, you know? Right. And so even, I was like, you know, yeah. Even Biden talked about like there was a lot of backlash with with President Biden because then, you know, people on in his party were saying, like, forgive all student loans. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we should work on that. And then he gets elected. And he's like, 
probably up to like 10,000. Yeah. And not even that, by the way. And, (laughs) and the, and the big news came, came from like the, what was that? What was that school? It was like ITT tech or something. I don't know. It was some school. So he, so dude, this came across my LinkedIn. I was like, well, dude, this is bananas. It was like Biden forgave like 1.1 billion in student loans. Uh, And I'm like, that must be a lot of student loans. And it was one school and it was because the school was like defrauding students. Right. Right. And I was like, it was like 150,000 people. I'm like 150,000, 1.1 billion with a B bananas dude this doesn't work yeah i'm like holy crap there's there's definitely gonna be a reckoning in higher education you know because there better be the thing i see as well is like it's with workers right now there's labor shortage so companies are trying to offer extra incentives right they're increasing pay like mcdonald's is paying 15 dollars an hour that's great yeah it's crazy bro and walmart and target are like hey we'll pay for your tuition at college which college can be a great thing statistically Generally, you you get into a higher socioeconomic status. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you make the right choices there. But at the same time, what happens was if there's unlimited student loans and employers paying for college, yeah, colleges are going to keep increasing costs. Yeah, it's a racket. Because they bro. can. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, what? You're getting a bachelor's degree for 300000 Like, what are your kids or my kids? Like, what are they going to pay? So at some point, and and then it's just more debt. And if you forgive it, that's there's it ripples across everything, right? Yeah, for sure. And so it's like there's going to be a reckoning there sometime. Yeah, yeah, it's an inflation tax. Yeah, like, but, that's, but in that's the, in the meantime, I'm going to control my situation. Yeah, exactly. And manage it, and I'm not going to wait on anybody. You can't. I just don't think you can. I'm in that's charge what I of said. me, and that's it. And if something yeah, happens on the outside, I'll adjust right and pivot and whatever but yeah i'm just not going to count on any well and else. and what i what i was like was like you know he was like well what if they do and i was like i might feel bad for five minutes either and way then i'll move on yeah <laughs> and then i'll move on because i don't <laughs> care dude like, I don't care. That. like i'm already on my way yeah. to something else yeah. yeah yeah that you know if they you know you know if they if they forgive all of them in a year i'm a year ahead of you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. Dude. And, and good for you and good for the people who, who got it, man. Go get what you got to do, bro. But, and here's, here's yeah, an I interesting can't. thing with money and, and how we process decisions. Okay. We want, we want the absolute best deal possible. Right, 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 right. It, whatever it is. And so yeah. like if it's in the stock market, oh, the market's high. I don't want to buy right now. I'm going to wait till it drops before I invest because I want a good deal. historically that doesn't work for you right Uh, or a car you're getting nickel and dime right or student loans like i could pay them off but maybe they'll forgive them in 10 years and if i look at the payments (laughs) and the interest and then the taxes that i'll have to pay on the forgiven balance like i'll still i might be better off if i wait to have them pay like we try and optimize all these things and in the end it doesn't matter it doesn't. Yeah. It does. You're talking about it's sixes. You're talking about the same thing. It's like, you do, it's not an ego thing. You have right. to brag about, Oh, I saved 600 more dollars by waiting. And get yeah. Dude. I, given the new, it's like, that doesn't even matter. Like what are you I talking saw, about? I saw this, I saw this post and it just, it infuriated me. Cause like, I, so like, 
I only say this because I just want people to know that, like, I know a little bit about what I'm saying. Sure. Like, I got it, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. I saw this post on LinkedIn, and it was he, this guy was going through. He's like, you know, I owe this much, but cash is king, and and he's going through all these tables. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I did the math with you, and you're talking about like pennies, bro. You want you want me to think you're cool because you saved? I'll give them to you from my couch, man. And then just put it, you know what I mean? And then just yeah. make the bet, then just pay them off, dude. Cause student loans are not good. Like when I was in the car industry and we looked at credit, like we looked at credit every day. I was a finance manager for two years. You could have a million dollar loan on your house and 30,000, uh, you know, and a 30,000 student loan. And the bank would hate the $30,000 student loan before they ever hated the million dollar house. Yeah. That's crazy. You, you, you could be in default on a house <laughs> and current and current on your student loans and they would still hate your student loans. It's crazy, man. It's bananas, dude. Yeah. Like banks. And they don't like them. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many ways. There's so many like financial hacks and strategies out there. Yeah. It's like, how much time <laughs> is this going to require? Yeah. And are you ever going to stick with this long term to actually see it pay off? Yeah. And are you just saying that you're cool? Are you just trying to look cool? Cause you got like 10 K in your bank account, dude. Cause like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> and it's like, if, even if you make this strategy work and you stick with it, yeah. how much time out of your precious life are you oh. dedicating to optimizing for a few dollars here or there and not just living your life? Like yeah. stop thinking about the numbers. You everything, meant- I, everything I do with financial planning is so that we can put the plan in place, implement it, and then you can freaking forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Except every once in a while. Yeah. But just live your life. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned this, and this will be the last thing before we hop off because, you know, we've had a great conversation. Um, but you mentioned a post that was like DIY. And I, that, I mean, look, by the way, listen, if you, you want to do stuff yourself, I really don't care. But at the end of the day, it's like, you you don't have to like glorify it for me because it took, you know, my time is worth so much money. And if I pay somebody to do it for me, it's actually cheaper, like mathematically, but you just wanted to look cool <laughs> to show me that you did it. And like, dude, if you want to, like some people do DIY stuff because it, like, that's how they, like, I know a lawyer, he's a, he's a high profile lawyer here yeah. in Salt Lake and he changes his own oil and fixes his own car. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you could do that. Get have someone to do that for cheaper. He's like, no, this is a mental release for me. I'm like, all right. I'm done. Right. Right. Do, point, do it, like, dude. There's more. <laughs> but if than, you think you're, if you think you're saving money, you're not, dude. There's not. more in a calculation than just the money. And yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Like I, I tore down our debt. I built my deck. Yeah. On the back yeah. of my house. And in the end, I dollars, I saved dollars. Sure. From having a professional do it. Sure. I think it's pretty dang good for never having built a deck before, but yeah. they would have done better. <laughs> okay yeah and the amount of time that i spent on it was ludicrous so i definitely <laughs> overall put more money into that than just paying somebody to do it but at yeah. the same time it was like a mental me, thing it was refreshing it's a mental yeah. thing it's like i yeah. work over here and then i get to go over here and like be creative and like and figure, figure things out, out in a different yeah, way do something new and it's it, it is a release mentally and so it's like cool last yeah. summer during pandemic right we built a like a big playhouse in the backyard. Yeah. And we could have bought one of the kits and put it together, but instead I got my kids together and we designed what we wanted. Oh, that's cool. And then we went and built it and it took a ton yeah, of work. That's cool. 
Yeah. But like we did it together. I taught them skills. They got exactly what they what they wanted. Yeah, dude. And, and it costs probably more money than just buying like one of the prefabricated ones. Yeah. But and but that's my time, but that's my point. The, and dude, yeah. and kudos for you. And I've done the same thing. My wife did, but I just it's the guys who like, you know, who just who are very like arrogant about it and want to shove it in your face. Ego. It's when you have <laughs> an ego. Like, well, yeah, I can figure it out. I'm smart. It's like, well, of course you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but it's like, dude, don't you know? Or like, or they, or they really believe it's like a money thing. Like they don't understand yeah. that they spend more money yeah. on. It. Because and, and I so, totally get that. And DIY is honestly an incredibly important skill. Yeah. Like yeah. to be that resourceful is incredibly important, especially when you're starting in something. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, but if you look at like business or your profession, yeah. DIY will get you here. Like it's like <laughs> one of those growth curves where it's like there's a lot of progress and then it uses plateau. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Or it's like a really slow growth curve. Or you could just my post today, by the way. <laughs> so you go check it out. But or you could just find somebody that's done it or is an expert and yeah. pay them the money to help you figure it out. And all of a sudden, like your ceiling goes way up. I actually meant, yeah, I met an entrepreneur who, who owned a iPhone shop or like he owned one of the big, uh, like fix it shops um, bef- before he sold it. And they were like, Hey, you know, he, they were trying to find a marketer. Long story short, he, this marketer comes up, they're like the most expensive one, but he knows they're good. He goes, okay, I'll make you a deal. It's like, I'll pay what you want, but I get to sit in your, I get to sit in all the meetings and you get to teach me exactly what you know. And they're like, all right, deal. And then, uh, then when he sold that, he started his own marketing company <laughs> and crushes it. That's awesome. I was like, sick, dude. That's awesome. It was sick. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, Hey, thank you so much, Dave. Right before we leave, tell us, tell everybody where they can find you, where they, if they want your services, where they can go. Yeah. I mean, just check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, All right, got cool. a client case study that's there on my profile. You can check out to kind of get some ideas. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So hit me up. All right. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. It's fun.